0: For our sermon today, we have a message from Mr. Steve Andrews uh, on King Josiah's reforms, Mr. Andrews. but it happens occasionally. Turn the mic on. Is that better? Yeah, that seemed to, to work. I think I could still probably preach to the number that are here today, and I feel I feel really um, uh, grieved that there are so many out with uh, this COVID thing and sick and not feeling good, and um, I'm, I'm praying that this will be a, a short-term um, situation. I'm glad to see Barnabas and Carolyn here. Uh, well, I saw a mirror. Whoa, this is this is joy. This is re- rejoicing today that we can do that. So um, I know that God uh, loves us and heals us and takes care of us, and there's so many things that uh, um, we can turn to Him. And uh, we even just uh, got through anointing a, a cloth for someone that had requested one. And, and that's something that also, for those of you out there who would like to please either give us a call or send us a a text message or whatever, Barnabas or myself, and we'd be glad to send you a a cloth. And and I know God does honor those. We've seen the healings in the past from even sending out anointed cloths to different ones. So we appreciate uh, uh, God's uh, blessing in that particular area. Um, one of the things that we always used to get taught, and, I, I, and this is a little bit outside of my own message, but um, and and we're we're practicing it here, that if you're feeling bad and you're not you, and you're sick and stay home, you know, you don't bring it to, to anybody. So that's why, um, and that's good. Uh, I remember when I was first in the church, uh, you went to school no matter whether you were well or not. You know, take flu and everything else to the to school. And then I got into church, and I said, hey, if you're sick, you stay home. That's what it says in the Bible, you know. You, uh, <coughs> One of the things I've had is a little congestion that seems to be sticking around, but I, I don't feel bad. I know, I, I feel good, and um, and I think God is uh, blessing me with health, but seems like the weather changes and all this other stuff going on, it seems like I, I've, I've picked up something. So um, I don't think it's COVID. It's just, yes, yeah, there's plenty down over here. Like um, three or four, if I want them. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's um, it's not just the water. It's uh, something. In, it's in my throat. Um, for this message, yeah. 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 Go ahead. Did, did you mention Janice, uh, too, that she's doing better? Yeah, better, yeah, You're better, doing better. That's good. Um, so anyway, I, I, I wanted to mention that because it's something that we can do, and we can send out anointed cloth to anyone that would request it. Uh, like I said, I wanted to, t- to change uh, this, to start out on a kind of a different area because uh, than than the um, uh, Josiah's reforms. I wanted to read from Second Peter uh, the fir- uh, towards the end of the chapter of Chapter One, and some of the cha- part of uh, Chapter Two. And the reason why, there's some things in this that bring our mind to what's going on in the world today. Um, In verse 19, it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as to a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, that's what God wants us all to do. He wants us to search the Scriptures. He wants us to understand God's Word to the best of our ability. He doesn't want um, me cramming it down your throat. Uh, Whenever we have someone that has uh, an experience like we did last week, where someone could go through the Scriptures and help us to understand them a little better, that was great and fantastic, and that's what we want. So no one person is is uh, uh, out there, no, uh, what do I, I don't know exactly how to, to call a one-man interpreter of the scriptures who says this is the way it is and, and it's going to happen. I've, I've heard so many prophecies over the years after you've been in the church as long as some of us had, uh, and, and they didn't uh, come through. You're uh, not necessarily skeptic just, more cautious about the things that are, that are preached. Uh, for, for prophecy, for the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, but but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we see that in in many of the uh, major and minor prophets, powerful messages. Isaiah is like a, a gospel message about Christ and His coming and the second coming and all the things that we see even in the book of of Isaiah. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you who secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make, make... uh, merchandise of you. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, a little bit more water here. And like I say, it gets into my throat. And I'm, I'm going to set that. I don't want it to. Yeah, I'm going to set it right there. So I'll have it. Make merchandise of you. His judgment now of a long time lingers not in their damnation, slumbers not. For if God spare not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, but reserved for judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in uh, the flood upon the world ungodly, and turning cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with the overthrow, making them an example to those that afterwards should live ungodly, and deliver just Lot, vexed with filthy conduct uh, of, of the wicked." Um, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing and vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. What we find is, no matter what we see going on in the world, no matter what happens in, in in the world that we live in, God is the final judge. Um, our government is different than the Israeli, is you know, the original Israel government uh, that was under God. And <coughs> <coughs> I apologize for this. I, I was doing fine until just as I got up here. And I went, man, that's is bad when you do that. Okay. Let's see if we can try it again. So we know that our government... Yes? No, I, I had some coffee before. <laughs> it wasn't helping me at all. <laughs> I know. It'll, it'll get better here in a little bit, I think. We know that, uh, it, that our government was formed differently than uh, the government of, that Israel was under. Uh, the original Israel, I mean, the, the tribes of Israel that came out of Egypt. Uh, ours is a republic, theirs was a theocracy and then it, they became uh, under a king. but the king was also to be ruled by God and that was where I wanted to start out here to to understand uh, when we get to King Josiah and the reforms that he did that he was putting into place it was already too late I mean he already um, he was the uh, I think the 16th king in the tribes of Judah. Remember, um, by the time the Josiah came along, there was everybody had gone from the uh, 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 northern tribes had been taken over by Assyria. And so consequently, they were uh, now under their own thing. <coughs> Boy, I didn't think I was going to have this much problem today. In Deuteronomy, the 17th chapter, let's find out what God told Israel. When you are come into the land, the Lord your God gives you, and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein. This is verse 14 of chapter 17. You shall dwell therein, and shall say, I will set a king over me, like all the nations that are about me. You shall in any wise set him a king over you, whom the Lord your God shall choose. One from among your brethren shall you set king over you. You may not set a stranger over you, which is not, which is not your brother. But he shall not, uh, but he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to end that he shall um, shall multiply horses. For as much then as the Lord has said, you shall henceforth, hereafter, return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly mul- multiply to himself silver and gold. If you read this, you realize how prophetic this was. Especially when you go into the, to the lives of the kings of Israel. <laughs> yeah. And it shall be when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of the law in a book out of that which is before the priests and the Levites. And we'll see something very interesting with Josiah. Most of us are very familiar with that, but some may not be. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he shall learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of the law, and these statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted above his brethren, that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, and he and his children in the midst of Israel. Sometimes I think that um, our people, our government, uh, should do the same thing with the Constitution. They, they swear to uphold it and take care of it. I'm so, I sometimes wonder if they ever read it or not. <laughs> um, that's our You know, that's, we have a Bible. We have, we have this understanding. And, and they come in and they say, okay, we're going to, uh, we're going to abide by the Constitution. Some don't think it's, a, you know, it's an old document and it shouldn't be kept. But then they still swear by it, you know. They still swear to keep it and, and do, do the things. And, it, and we see the problems that happens even in our own nation when they deviate from the things that really work. And the Constitution has worked in the past. And, and if they want to change it, then they can get the states to change it. The kings were given this command to do this. And David did it. David wrote it out. You know, the Psalms are full of his powerful messages of how he praised God, he worshipped God, uh, loved God, uh, kept God's ways, and they've been preserved for us. When we come into this particular time, as I said, Josiah was number 16. And, and essentially he was... Um, right at the end of all of, the, of those. and So let's turn to Second uh, Kings. And let's look at his grandfather first. Because his grandfather is the one that set the precedent for the ills and the ter- terrible things that would come um, upon Israel. And beginning in Second Kings 21, if I can find it, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Hepzibah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. For he built upon the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he reared up altars to Baal and made a grove, and he did uh, as did Ahab king of Israel, and worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord to which the Lord said, In Jerusalem will I put my name. He built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the, in the two courts of the house of the Lord. He made his son to pass through the fire and observed times and used enchantments and dealt, dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. And he wrought much of the wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And so we, <clears throat> all of the things that God said not to do and not to have anything to do with, he, he did them all. He was evil in every way. Fifty-five years this man reigned. <laughs> you know, can you imagine, of course, in some of the communist countries, they over and over and over, they get, oh, yeah, I've been elected again, I've been elected again, I've been elected again, and the, the countries just keep going downhill. But can you imagine living under that rulership of Manasseh? And bringing all of these people into a situation in which they were worshiping. All of this foreign foreign gods, foreign things. And, and had all of these people completely and totally um, under uh, his rule and, and reign. When a king reigned in Israel, he had total and complete authority. I mean, he could do whatever he wanted to. And we find that out in verse 16. Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other besides his sin wherewith he made Judah to sin in doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and all that he did and his sin that, has sinned, that he sinned are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. And then We won't get into that but there are some parallel things written in the book of Chronicles. Manasseh slept with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his, uh, of his own house, in the garden of uh, Uzzah. And Amon Am, his son, reigned in his, set, in his stead. Amon was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years, two years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Meshulamath, the daughter of Haruz uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, 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 Jotbah. Bath. Jot bath. <laughs> Jot bath. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord and his uh, the, uh, father Manasseh did. He walked in all the ways that his father walked in and served the idols that his father served and worshipped them. And he forsook the Lord God of his fathers and walked not in the way of the Lord. The servants of Amon conspired against him and slew the king in his own house. Two years. I don't know whether the servants were so tired of Manasseh that they decided to get rid of his son. I don't know what the situation was, but he only served two years, and he was, he was assassinated. And the people of the land slew all them that conspired against the king Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son-king in his stead. Well, Josiah was only eight years old. Thankfully, he was not one of the ones that was you know, uh, sacrifice to different uh, gods and different things. But he was only eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adahiah of Boskath, And did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And walked all in all the ways of David his father. And turned not aside... To the right hand or to the left. Now, I've also said, that's my epitaph that I want. That he did all that was right in the sight of the Lord. And walked in all the ways of, you know, it would have been Christ. And walked in the ways of Christ. And turned not from the right to the left. So that one day they would say that. And we hope that all of you here would, would like that to be part of your uh epitaph two, that God would have so much love for you that he said, they, they walked in my way. I love them for walking in my way. It came of Thessalonians in verse three, in the 18th year of King Josiah, that the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door had gathered to the people. Well, they went in, they got all in and there, and all of a sudden they found something. Well, this was really interesting, because this is what Josiah um, was able to do with this book. In verse 9, I think this is where I pick it up. Um, I want to find the place. Okay. Um, and the Shu and the scribe came uh, to the king and brought the king word again and said, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered into the hand of them that do the work that have the oversight. And Sh- uh, Shaphan, the scribe, showed the king saying, Hylkiah, uh, the priest, was delivered a book and Shaphan read it before the king. Well, we know what book was what it was. It was the Torah. It was the first five books of the, of the Old Testament. Then it came to pass that when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah and the priests and uh, Achim and the son of Shimon and all the rest of these, uh, I won't try to read it, Go you, inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all of Judah concerning the words of this book that is found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us. You remember, he, what he was reading was Deuteronomy, where all of these sins would come upon Israel if they committed this. And that's exactly what he was reading. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said... Um, For the great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because of our fathers and not hearken to the words of the book to do according to all that which is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest and Iachem and Echor the uh, Shaphan and Asahiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalem, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhas, the keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelled in Jerusalem in the college, and they communed, uh, communed with her. And she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man that sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be kindled against this place and shall not be quenched. But the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus say to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, As touching the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you had humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard that I spoke against the place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and have rent your clothes, and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. When we read the Bible and we see how he feels about the evils of the land, it should make us really think about. Uh, what's going on in the society that we live in today and the things that are happening in our, own, in our own country and how that we are moving further and further away from God and closer and closer to, to the kind of uh, situations that Manasseh and Amon and all of the other ones that brought sin upon the land. In Israel, which is the ten tribes, the northern ten tribes, there was not one good king. Um, they all at one time or another, worshiped um, Baal, Baal, however you want to call them, and all the hosts, they all had groves, they all had all kinds of things. They uh, Right from the beginning, Jeroboam set up the two calves, the two golden calves right from the very beginning uh, for them to worship. And he says, these are your gods, and worship them. And so the precedent was started in northern, in the northern part. But in the southern, there were off and on good kings, and Josiah. Even though late, God gave him uh, the blessing. In um, let's see, I word that. Let's go to, um, let's begin to read here in in, in verse uh, ch- chapter twenty three, beginning in verse one. And the king sent, and they gathered to him all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him. And the priests and the prophets and the people, both small and great, and he read in their ears all the, wor- all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord, to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written this, um, in this book. And all the people stood and uh, to the covenant, stood to the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest and the uh, priest of the second order and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal and for the grove and for all the hosts of the heaven. And he burned them outside Jerusalem in the field of Kidron and carried the ashes to them to Bethel. For this to be a complete and total um, repentance for a nation he had to literally get rid of all of those um, offenses to God there were a lot of offenses to God in in Jerusalem in that area does anybody uh, have one of those little um, paper, um, uh, the t- tissue deals my nose was running too and I don't have one in my pocket. Usually, I do. There's one. Can I get by without... Yeah, I did. Usually, that means everybody uh, hold their ears when you walk by. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think it's allergies that's really been after me recently, and I apologize. So he was having to, what he had to do was burn them into ashes. Any offense had to be burnt, had to be taken and burnt. The the Bible uses the word defiled. So he was defiling these, uh, these pagan gods uh, groves and different things that he, he was getting rid of them. It's an interesting thing to think about this because Idolatry was the, the strongest problem that, that Israel had. They brought in all these pagan foreign gods, and they began to worship them. And we'll find out um, as we get through this. We'll see some things that even Solomon's stuff was still in place. Many, many, many years later. So let's pick it back up here. Um, So he took it and he he had to to burn them and get rid of them. And he (coughs) carried the ashes of them to Bethel. And he put down the idolatrous priests whom the kings of the Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places, in the cities of Judah, in the places round about Jerusalem, them also that burned incense to Baal, uh, to the sun, to the moon, to the planets, and to all the hosts of heaven. So you can see how idolatrous they were. I mean, they had... Um, they were kind of like the Greeks. They, they had many gods, many different things that they, they worshipped, except for the true God. They weren't worshipping the true God. And he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord outside of Jerusalem to the book, brook Kidron, and burned it at the brook Kidron, and stamped it small to powder, and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. And he broke down the houses of the Sodomites. Though the house of the Lord where the woven uh, women woe hangings for the grove. Um, and he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Egeba to Beersheba. And broke down the high places of the gates that were entering into the gate of Josiah, uh, Joshua, the governor of the city. um, Which were on the man's left hand Of the gate of the city Nevertheless the priests of the high places Came not up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem But they did eat Of unleavened bread among their brethren So we find out that some would not Going along with this And Josiah was determined That he was going to remove Remove all of this out of the land You know I got to thinking about Josiah And you know removing this uh, uh, Male cult of Prostitutes out of the land, and we, you know, we have a. Uh, it's now a, a, a worldwide problem, the LGBT thing. Uh, how can that be solved? It can't be until God, until Christ returns. It, it's going to be something that we'll all have to deal with from till the till the day we die, or to, and and we'll have to teach our children, uh, you know, the dangers of them and, the, and what is what it is, but. Josiah saw it. He decided, this is, we've got to get rid of this. And so he did. He got rid of it. And, and the word, when, he, when it says defiled, it means he was getting rid of it. He was, he was breaking it down, uh, just tearing it apart, uh, burning it up, whatever it took to get rid of it, he was doing it. Nevertheless, uh, uh, let's see. Let's pick it back up now in verse 10. He defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the children of Hinnom that no man might make his son or his daughter to pass through the fire to Moloch. And so there's another sin that we've had and we pass children uh, through the fire to Moloch. We've got about 60 million of them plus now that have gone through that fire. He took away the horses of the kings of Judah given to the son and at the entering end of the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan uh, Melech, the chamberlain, which was in the suburbs and burned chariots of the sun with fire. So here was chariots that were um, dedicated to, to the to, to sun god or whatever they were dedicated to, and he burned them down to ashes. He was thorough in getting rid of sin in, in Judah in every way. Uh, he was working very hard to get rid of this. The altars that were the top of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, did the king beat down and broke them down from there, cast the dust of them into the brook Kedron. The high places that were before Jerusalem, which were on the right hand of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon the king of Israel had built for Ashtaroth the abomination of the Zidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon, that the king defiled. So even after Solomon was dead, and years and years later, these things were still in place, and they were still worshiping at these idols that Solomon had set up for his wives that caused Complete and total separation of Judah and Israel because of his sin. And they were still there. And they were still worshiping at those idols. It sees how hard it is to get rid of them. And he broke in pieces the images, cut down the groves, and filled their places with bones of men. Now, this next few, uh, next two verses, is prophetic. And I'll read the prophecy here in a second. Let's read what happened, and then I'll go and we'll read the prophecy. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel, in the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel descend, had made both the, that altar and the high place, he broke down and burned the high place and stamped it small to powder and burned the grove. As Josiah turned himself, he spied the sepulchers that were there in the mount and sent and took the bones out of the sepulchers and burned them upon the altar and polluted it according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed uh, who prophesied these words. 1 Kings 13. Go to 1 Kings 13. This was a prophecy long before this ever happened. Beginning in verse... 1. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah, by the word of the Lord to Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to uh, to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon you shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon you. And men's bones shall be burned upon you. And he gave a sign that same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. Josiah fulfilled that prophecy many, many years later. Whether he knew that, whether he understood that, um, he was in the area, he saw the, the corruption that was there, and he burnt those. And he burnt the bones, it may have even the bones of Jeroboam. It doesn't say exactly, but he came into the sepulchers, pulled out all the bones, piled them up on top, and burned them all. He was ready to get rid of all of this. Then he said, what title is that that I see? And the men of the city told him, it is the sepulcher of the man of God, which came from Judah and proclaimed those things that, that you have done against the altar of Bethel. And he said, Let him alone, let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone, with the bones of the prophet that came out of Samaria. And all the houses also, the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke the Lord God to anger, Josiah took away and did to them according to the acts that he had done in Bethel. He slew all the priests of the high places that, that were, were there upon the altar burn men's bones upon them, and return to Jerusalem. And the king commanded that all the people say, keeping the Passover to the Lord your God, it is written in the book of the covenant. Surely there was not held such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, nor to the, all the days of the kings of Israel, nor of the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year, of the king of, of, of uh, Josiah, wherein his Passover was held to the Lord in Jerusalem, Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and wizards and images and idols and the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem did Josiah put away, that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book of Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. So he made a, a great sweep throughout all of, the, of 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 Judah, and even went up in to Bethel and and and. Fulfilled the prophecy. Unfortunately. Um, for Judah. At that particular time. It wasn't enough. Because as soon as Josiah died. And he died a kind of a strange death. Because he, he decided to go out. And, and cover himself up. And secretly go to, to a battle. Which he shouldn't have ever been to. And he got killed there. Uh, by a you know. Somebody saw him And killed him uh, so that ended Josiah's life but before his life ended he he went through all of Judah and made a, a clean sweep of all of the idols and stuff that were in there and so consequently in in our own society that we live in will there come a repentance like this I, I would like to, to say that we would that we would see the the errors of our ways and we would change but I'm not sure that that will ever happen. It says in verse 28, the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the uh, uh, kings of Ju- Judah. So you can look in there too and and see that um, it, there are some things in there in that book. Let's go to 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter as we look at this a little bit. Because God one of the things that God hates that seems like the most, is idolatry. And I think even in our modern society, we have a tendency to put a lot of things, um, Hollywood stars, um, athletes, all kinds of people, all kinds of things that we put up before God and we put them as idols in our life. Uh, and so consequently, we need to, to figure out what, where those are so that we can please God not not ourselves he says in beginning in verse 11 oh yep, I thought that didn't look quite right that was in second uh, Corinthians now these things and you can see all the things that were that uh, Paul wrote uh, um, about the things that happened before in, in Israel as they came through the, uh, out of Egypt and all of the complaining that they did and all that. He says, uh, now these things happened to them for examples, that they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So whenever we go into, like we just did into the history, we can learn from that. You know, <clears throat> sometimes wish our leaders would take this book and read it, and really, especially the history of Israel, and read it and understand how God felt about what happened to those people. I mean, when he brought them out of Egypt, he had miracles and power, and they continued to murmur and complain, and then when the first king they had sinned, Thankfully, David came along and God was pleased with him. Solomon had a good spirit in the beginning but then fell into to, to disrepute because of all of the wives that he had. And what did God say? He said, don't multiply to you army of horses or army of wives. And so Solomon, you know, he, he just had to have all those wives. And to satisfy them all, he, he built altars to them, and we find out at the end, Josiah had to destroy all those altars to all those terrible things that he had built. So it says here, upon whom the ends of the world come. These are admonitions. When we go in there, can we understand, can we comprehend, can we get a grasp of, of how that, um, those things uh, displease God and how we can change our own lives so that we please God he says, there is no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to, att- to be tempted above that you are able, but, with, uh, but will with, uh, uh, with that temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And um, I know those are probably uh, maybe tuning in or having a little trouble with this uh, COVID stuff. At least pray to God that he will bring you out of it. He promised us to bring us through this. Uh, this will be a trial and a temptation, but he'll bring us through it so that we can bear it. And, and then Paul says something very interesting. He says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry. Uh, the churches that he went to, they were there was idols everywhere. And so the, the brethren that had to come in had to give up that, had to give up those things, had to, had to, to live differently. And maybe they even had more difficulty than some of us have had uh, to come out of the world that we, we were living in. We're very familiar with this one in Galatians, the fifth chapter. And all these sins... That we see um, are the works of the flesh. Begin in verse 19. They're manifest adul- uh, adultery, a fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. The first commandment you shall have no other gods before me. Setting up idols. Is something God considers an abomination. Even images. He does not want us to have an image uh, to, to bow down to it, to worship at it. And of course he hates witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such alike, of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you do these things, if you listen to this message, you have to repent. You have to change. You have to give up those ways. You have to come to God in a, in a humble attitude and ask God for forgiveness. Because He will forgive you. And He can forgive you for your, for your bad ways, for your ways. But we see so much of this in our society that we live in today. And sometimes it frightens us because, it's like it gets into our own neighborhoods and our own own city, which we always felt was a very safe place to live. Anymore, I kind of of wonder, every day I pull up the, I I use, I don't have a newspaper anymore. I used to love newspapers, but doesn't, I've gotten to where I, I just pull up my pad, look in it, and there's the news, it's right in front of me. And it's very dis- depressing what's going on and some of the different things. I just was a, it was interesting, just what, what goes through people's minds um, when they're on the road. We were uh, heading, let's see, I was on, uh, what was that? Sheridan. I, I was on, uh, I think it was either 11th or 21st Street getting ready to, to turn on to Sheridan. And this car came, there was a green light, but this car came down Sheridan, and he must have been doing at least 90. I mean, I've never, I've never seen a car run that fast on a city street before. And I, I said to my wife, I said, he's got to be in a wreck. What did I say? About another couple of miles down the road, there was three vehicles, and this was one of them. I don't know, if, I, I never saw anything about it, so maybe he didn't kill anybody. But he did wreck that vehicle with two others. What gets into their mind? What's happening? Where is this? Is it, is it drunkenness? Is it drugs? Is it, what is it? What is happening to the mind of people that they would do that, that they would run down the road that fast on city streets? And it's not the first time. It's a lot of it's going on. You almost have to be, oh, a stoplight. Now I look both ways and make sure that somebody just didn't run, run the red light, so that I won't get out in the middle of it. Um, anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. But I just it just bothered me to see that. What everyone needs in the whole world is the fruit of the Spirit. Everyone needs to come to the day of repentance. And receive God's Holy Spirit. And that's, that's where we're at. That's what God wants. And if they're not going to accept Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, they're not going to survive. It says uh, they, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's just the way it is. Now, I, God's our, the judge, and it's not me. So I don't make any judgments. God's our judge. So he is the one that will work these things out. And he understands, just like he said to Josiah, I'm going to give you this blessing of peace. But when it's over with, Judah is gone out of my sight. And he did. He took them out. So what we really want is the fruit of the Spirit in everyone. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. In Colossians, the third chapter, man, I made it easy. I put them in order. This is a beautiful chapter. Um, I love this chapter. I think all of you do. And it, it calls us to Christ. If you then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hidden in Christ in God. I think that in every way, what what Paul is is saying in this, for us who have God's Spirit, who has called us out of this world, we are to live a different life and have a different way of looking at things. And if there are idols in our life, we need to put them away. He said, the mortified, um, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. That's our hope, brother, and That's what we look forward to. That day, that resurrection into the kingdom, when we will be there in glory with him. He says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Yeah, that's interesting covetousness is idolatry if you you know I just I I gotta have I gotta have I gotta have and you and and essentially you're you're putting God out of the the picture because you get more and more and you covet more and more you're coveting someone else or something else or somebody else's property all of those things God says do not do for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience in the which you also walked in some time when you lived in them. But now you also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. It's hard to <laughs> anymore. It... When they even slander the, the president from a stadium anymore with filthy communication, it's awful hard to get rid of it, isn't it? Um, I'm not very... Fav- I'm not very much in favor of this new president, but he is the president of the United States. And, and to disrespect the president is not a very good thing in any way, in any form. He says, Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man, which is his deeds, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in all. Put on therefore the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a, a quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Now, some of these things are very difficult for us, aren't they? We live in a society with a lot of, um, of underlying hatreds and underlying problems and underlying things, um, drug problems, different things that really make people uh, angry. But we, we are to come out of that. We are to, to let God's Spirit direct us, guide us, and lead us, and to come off of that. And above all these things, put on love or charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be you thankful. Are we thankful for our calling? I mean, that's one of the things that we we really ought to to, to thank God for. Thank you, Father, for, for our calling, for those that are sitting here, those that may be tuning in you have been called and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, those are blessings. You need to be thankful to God for that uh, blessing that you have received. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, even if it isn't without music. I mean, sometimes we, it's nice to be able to learn a song without, you know, accompaniment. And Rich does it. A very good job of being able to, to, to lead us in that. And we raise a joyful voice to God that way, and we are, are blessed that we can do that. Whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then it goes on to talk about, you know, our families and different things. But I want to stop right there because I, I, want to, I want to just say that when Josiah went through and was able to, um, to remove all of the idols and all of the things out of, out of Judah, there was peace and prosperity for a period of time. But then as soon as he left, as soon as he died, it went right back to the way it was and God had to take those measures we pray for our own country, for our own nation, for even for the world right now, don't we? I mean, the world is beginning to be so, in, in, um, it's not like we just have a, our own house and our own little neighborhood. We are connected to the whole world, and as the whole world begins to sin, we are all um, affected by that. We pray for God's kingdom to come to this earth we ask god um, through his prayer to bring his kingdom to this earth as as it is in it is in heaven we ask god for um, his blessings for the nation i'm hoping that for my own children's sake and for my grandchildren's sake which i have a lot i want, I want them to be i want them to have a, a future i think all of us in this room would like to see if we have children that they have a future that they have that they're not um, uh, caught up in an idolatrous uh, world that will not be a good place to live in. We pray that God will um, bring his kingdom. At the same time, we pray for our nation and for... Um, the people that rule this nation thank you very much father for all that you do and we just pray that you will be um, uh, in our lives and in in, and and guide us and lead us in everything that we um, uh, we work towards Um, we appreciate your son Jesus we thank you very much for all those things Um, we don't know what the future brings but we know that we have you as our as our God and we know that you um, that our high priest sits at your right hand thank you again father for your blessings and for this congregation and for all that um, you're teaching us and guiding us in. in Jesus name